0: (laughs) Thanks for joining me, Dan. You're welcome. Real pleasure. You're a fucking creative wizard who's responsible for many, many things from fashion to
1: restaurants. What has your favorite creative ventures been over the last... DJing would be my favorite. Like, music. I just love music. All bits about it. DJing's really fun. Making music's really fun. Fashion is great. And I thought that's what was my calling. Um, But there's a lot of... Hard work and a lot of problems, unforeseen circumstances. It's not all glamorous, right? It's kind of tough. It's really fun though. Yeah, but music's just pure and it's awesome. I so wanted to talk, just dive into
0: your journey because, like, I basically saw you on Instagram posting about your recovery from your
1: injury. Can you give us, you know, your life up until that point? Mm -hmm. So, I was a kid, grew up on the northern beaches um, with a very loving and supporting family. Um, I had dreams of being a professional bodyboarder. Hmm. So, I surfed every day and night since I was 12 till I was 18 um, and dreamed of going to Hawaii. Um, So, did odd jobs over a year and finally got to Hawaii when I was 17, like end of school. So, I just turned 17. Hmm. Um, And that was great. Went with a little crew of friends of mine who all been really successful like world champion three times been player was uh he was part of our original crew oh, we yeah. all had dreams together to be these force of bodyboarders taking over the world anyway we went to hawaii <laughs> that was a great fun surf pipeline got held underwater underneath a cave for a long time nearly drowned surf Waimea bay the shore break one night got my fins ripped off and dragged out to sea and nearly drowned again like i had near death in hawaii and that was great that was a good intro <laughs> to, to life great. you know it's just kind of Made you feel that nothing to be afraid of after that, you know? Yeah, I think wow. that's where my life. At 17. At 17. So I went there for three years in a row, and that was going to be my life, right? Mm. So I was dead set on becoming a professional body water, and mm. I just loved the ocean, and it was all. I lived the ocean. I didn't chase girls, I didn't party, I had none of that. It was just all about the beach. Um, and then when I was 20, I got a fin chop on my elbow cut my tendon in half and then I couldn't bend my elbow for the year. Right. Um, So that kind of put a pause to my bodyboarding career and then while I was not moving my elbow for the year I could surf and swim and stuff but um, a friend of mine took me out to the city and I went night clubbing for the first time and that is where my life turned like second chapter of my life i walked into the nightclub and i was like well this is where i'm supposed to be this is my home i fell in love with the girls i fell in love with the music I fell in love with everything about it all in the fashion so from then on i went clubbing every weekend for months and months surfing uh, the night time so fully <laughs> surfing the night and i yeah i just loved everything about it i just felt so i really felt like i was home this is like where i was supposed to be so i um I was working for a photographer at the time as his assistant. Um, he'd lost his license drink driving, so I was driving him to meetings in the city. I lived on the northern beaches, so it's like an hour into the city. Mm. Um, and he would be in meetings, and I was stuck in the car while he was in his meetings for hours at an end, and um, got out some scrapbooks and started drawing clothes. I have no idea why, but I love <laughs> fashion from night clubbing, and I was like sewing my own little disco shirts, like sequins fabric that I buy from Spotlight, and make my own little disco top and stuff. Anyway, I started making these little labels. So I made a surf label to start with, and then I made a jeans label, and then I made a, a wedding dress label, and I like try, attempted to make a fashion label. These are all in my head that I made the things. I made like <laughs> yes. five different books of yeah. all these labels that I had, and I did like design the logo, and then I designed the range, and then I did like a marketing plan, and I had like all of these different books for all my different labels in my head. So and then I decided that maybe I should do fashion as a thing. So I decided photography probably wasn't my thing. Being assistant, it's not that glamorous either. And, yeah, um, you're never doing any work. You're just designing fashion. I in the was car just the holding time. lights and, no, I was like changing batteries and holding lights yeah. on penthouse and billabong shoots. It was like that was fun, but um, I just didn't think that was my next step. So yeah. I um, enrolled in. I wanted to go to. Uh, fashion design course so they've got the one at East Sydney TAFE which is the best one to go to in Sydney I guess in Australia mm. um, but it needed a year of work experience and a portfolio so I worked at Marks and Diesel for a year um, and that was great and I did my portfolio over the year and I finally got into East Sydney and Fuck, this is all before like what 20 this is when I was 20 yeah, no I was like 20, 20 to 21, 21. Um, so then I got into East Sydney I spent a week in school um I did a couple of holiday courses and I did love being there and I just I just love the idea of it all but when I got actually into school and just, it was like everything in the holiday courses was like covering everything and it was drawing and um. colour and like fabrics and it, like it covered everything but then at school you just like spend the day on one thing and I was like, this is so boring. Um, and the teacher came up to me and goes, you know, you've pretty much done this all of this whole year by what you've presented in your portfolio. Yeah. So, maybe you should just go and do what you wanted to do. Like, you seem like you want to do a label, but you should just go and do it. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, you're not that good at drawing and that's the only thing you'll learn here. Everything else, you're just going to be bored. You're already bored. Um, just leave. <laughs> and I was like, "Are you firing me? Are you kicking me out?" And I felt really bad. And he goes, "No, I'm giving you a gift." He goes, "Please just go." He goes, "You'll be the best student I never had." And I was like, "Really?" And he goes, "Yep, do it. Just follow your dream." So, I did. And then uh, I, we, my George Goro, who I do subi with, mm. did subi with. Um, we were doing all kinds of things. We had this little creative weekend um, on the northern beaches. So we'd get friends um, that were singers, musicians, poetry writers, chefs, photographers. We'd all like sit around. At someone's house and just spend the day creating things, like with someone would cook food and someone was writing songs, another person's writing poetry, people are painting, and I was drawing clothes, right? Um and we had big like all the this crew from the Northern Beaches have all gone on to do something fantastic. Um whether it be chefs, world famous chefs, um musicians, um Chris Earl and um Campbell who started Monster Children, like everyone's gone in to do their little thing. So we were wanting to do something and be become something bigger than the northern beaches was mm. um so we were importing blind sunglasses at the time which is um so this brand from la that like lenny kravitz and madonna and stuff was all about the big goggly ones yeah, um and we had a booth at the fashion week to show the sunglasses and fashion week girls said that the people next to us had cancelled so did we want their booth and i said well we've only got 12 pairs of sunglasses like Thanks for the offer, but what are we going to do with it? And she said, I don't know, like, why don't you do something creative? And then I was like, fuck, maybe I should do this label that I've always wanted to do. And she goes, yeah, I'd love to see it. So spent a couple of weeks becoming coming up with this label that didn't exist yet. But my girlfriend at the time, her dad ran Lee Jeans and Amco in Australia. So he put me in contact with some denim makers. Um, I drove out there and did, did we designed a couple pairs of jeans on some... St- dodgy illustrations and had the sample that I'd like to go off and um, anyway we got some samples of some jeans made we made a bunch of t-shirts and screen printed them in our garage and, um, and we made a little collection it was like eight t-shirts and four pairs of jeans um, it came up with the name Subi which we were going through all kinds of names um, one that we were close to was going to be called Run Sally Run because I had a really feminine running style. We figured that like maybe that would alienate a man, a male customer and no one would really understand the joke. We wanted to call it Robot, but the Robot was owned by a kid's pajama line. And then uh, we loved this band called Sukia. And Oscar Wright, who was one of our partners in the beginning, um, he said, let's do a name like that. doesn't mean anything, but we'll come up with a name. So Sukia turned into Subi, um, spelt with it, Subi like S-U-B-I. And then Oscar said, why don't we sell it with the T? like Tsunami. It would be a silent T. And we we're like, yeah, it looks great um so we wrote it out and that was kind of it just a name that didn't mean anything but would describe our movement that mm. was going to become a movement there wasn't a movement yet but it was inevitably going to be one <laughs> so we called it Subi. um we had a creative night in oscars garage where we screen printed more t-shirts and like read a bunch of poetry and scribbled on jeans and like tidied up our collection or not the opposite of tidied up messied up our collection to show at fashion week and um showed it in our booth and People kind of went nuts for it, and we got some stores overseas and um, big store in Sydney. YPV he was a big supporter in the beginning, so he did a big, quite a big order. Um, so we spent the next year making jeans to fill those orders. Um, to, to grinding all the jeans on my balcony every day. We'd make jokes that we were like the blue Smurfs because we covered in blue denim dust. Had no idea about how to, any of the process about doing. It. I think that's why it was such a success is because it all came from just experimentation. We just basically just wanted to get to an end point and then we'd figure out how to get there without knowing anything of the in between and the okay. process we used people didn't understand how we could get to there because no one would everyone just had their formulas but we went against the formulas and we came up with new ways of doing things and so anyway Subi was going pretty good and we got offered to be in a show a young designer show that next year that was the year 2000 um And we had these, again, big dreams about doing this show. So, we presented what our ideas was. And one of them was we wanted to release rats on the runway. Um, And they're like, how we can't fit rats on the runway because you've got six other designers in this new generation show. And said, and we want the lights to fall down. And we want this to break. And we want this to happen. And they're like, this is a giant show. Like, you guys need to do your own show. But you're only a (laughs) a brand, new startup brand. You're not going to be able to fill this entire place. This is where the big designer show, like, Peter Morrissey shows there, like, fits 2,000 people. Yeah. And we threw parties at the time, and I said, if you give us a spot and we can do our own show, I guarantee we'll fill it. And uh, so, they believed in us, and they gave us a spot. They called it New Generation 1 and New Generation 2. So, we, they did the New Generation show with the five designers, and then we did our own New Generation show um, and released the rats and did all that. <laughs> released the yeah, rats. Yeah, it was fun. We We had some big dreams, and we, like, crammed them all into a 20-minute show, but it was great. We filled the room. We had couple of thousand kids there people everyone drinking beer in the front row It was like it was a whole bunch of fun it was like a giant party but it was a great show too i saw it the other day and it's pretty amazing it was like naive but raw and pure and just awesome and it's like mm-hmm. stuff that people are doing now in fashion it's mm-hmm. like it was even back then it was very spot on um mm-hmm. anyway that was good so did that subi went great for the next five years was awesome the next five years after that would Awesome. Oh, we went to America. We we're going to sell to a big company in America. Um, spent a lot of time over here negotiating a big deal. Things at home weren't going so good we didn't realize they were. Came back, found out they weren't. Partnered with some people. They weren't the right people to partner with. Long story short, lost to overnight pretty much. Um, and we had nothing to say about it and it was just kind of gone. So that was that chapter gone. Um, around that time I met my wife. Um, and just my... Love went to her, not to Subi, and I just kind of had left it anyway, just was happy to move on from it. So mm. the next chapter of my life was with her and traveled with her for 10, ten years. Um, wow. She was modeling, and the modeling world's tough when you're young. Um, so I just was around to help her with that and just DJed a bunch and did that for the next 10 years. And mm. after we were married, we decided we'd make a rosé wine It was one of our little first couple things to do. Um, that went pretty good. And then we started a pajama line that was going pretty good, <laughs> and then we went to Paris to shoot a video for our pajama line, and I fell out of the hotel we were shooting the video at, and landed on the road on my feet, Whoa. and broke every bone from my my feet to the middle of my back, a T5 vertebrae, and my body like like fell down, crushed all my bones, and then my head hit the road, and then I broke my jaw, and then I died, and then um got put into an ambulance then i came back to life and was in a coma for a couple of weeks in paris and then had 10 operations to put my body back together and then woke up i don't really remember waking up but woke up sometime in paris in the hospital a month later and spent three and a half months on my back in paris and then told that maybe i'm never going to walk again so came back to australia in a wheelchair and then at so i was in australia for two months maybe i'm staying at my dad's house he lives up the coast um, and on the six-month anniversary of my death, it was a really sunny day and I looked outside. I could kind of stand and crutch around the house a little bit, but um, couldn't walk yet. But I looked outside and I was like, fuck, I'm going to surf today. I told my dad and he said, okay, we can try. So, he carried my board down the water and I crutched down and paddled out. And then I stood up on a wave and thought, fuck, this is awesome. I'm just going to forget about anything. I'm just going to get better. So, mm-hmm. from then, I felt pretty great in my head. That was a big like mm. milestone. Um, so, from then, I just worked on my body and my mind and my soul and... Did that and by Christmas time I was walking with no crutches and even I was even DJing. Like, There's a lot <laughs> of stuff DJed. in between. I was even I DJed at a big party in LA, like a big famous party with L C D sound system in November with no crutches. Mm-hmm. But I got better pretty quick. Wow. For what happened I was not supposed to be better this quick, but I worked really hard at it. But How and so how long ago was it to, to this day? Um on the what is it now? In one sure, week, it's right. going to be one year and five months. Right, right. Wow. Wow. And you were told you were never going to walk again? or I don't know. To that effect. I was like in the hospital. I was on heaps of morphine in the hospital so I don't really remember much of being actually even in the hospital part mm-hmm. but that was thrown around a lot. So, you, uh, But uh, I came back to Australia in the wheelchair but I also couldn't get on the plane unless I could walk with the crutches so they kind of taught me to walk one afternoon before I got on the plane with crutches so mm. I'm guessing that I was going to be without the wheelchair, but I couldn't walk at all when I was in Australia. I still had to go back to hospital and spend a couple of weeks in Australia on my back. It's phenomenal. It's such a
0: drastic change in your reality. Mm. Like, from all this amazing... You're bold with your living. So, how many stories did you fall? Four stories.
1: It was 60 feet.
0: Fuck me. Yeah. Can you remember the moment
1: you fell and what... Is there any thought going through your brain? No, mind? so I, um, with the injury, like what happens, to your brain, you, PTSD um, happens to anyone that goes through a big accident like that and your brain just wipes that out. So, that's wiped out. Everything. I don't even remember, like the, I, the only thing I remember is leaving from the house in LA, shutting the Uber door for my wife and I have got 20, 20 minutes of a memory in Paris that night when I was getting my hair braided and I remember that the name of the restaurant we were going to dinner at and that's all I remember. Whoa. So, I don't... Yeah, nothing. I've been doing a lot of work to try and get back to try and remember but I'm remembering a little bit more now but not anything that's like... Much. Significant. I Maybe I remember a little bit of what the room looked like. That's pretty much...
0: But your wife was with you at the time or your friends were with you at the time when it happened or did like... Can they recount what the emotions were? No. No. I suppose when you woke up in hospital, what was that first kind of feeling or thought that came to your mind?
1: I don't really remember when it was the wake up moment because yeah. it was all a bit blurred. Yeah. Um, when I I was thought I was so present in the hospital, and I remember bits of it. But even when I got out, even the hospital in Australia, I don't really remember now. Like She's so drugged up as well. So drugged up. Um, the nurse. No, the psychologist in Australia said, um, I just read your chart, you're on a heap of painkillers and a lot of morphine when you're in Paris, you should probably call your family and apologize. And I was like, yeah, I've apologized for a bunch of stuff. I don't think I was being that nice. She goes, no, you should probably call them again. You would have been awful. That's not normal uh, Then they call it the morphine monster. Um, yeah, and you just do out of body, out of the ordinary things. And I was just, yeah, I do not really know, but I was not being nice. Oh, man. And then, um, so I don't really remember a wake-up time. I remember I remember for a lot of friends visiting me, I remember, see, my wife was there the whole time. My brother was there, flew, like, as soon as he heard about the accident. So, he was there my entire, he flew home with me. My mom came for a good chunk of it in the middle, like, six weeks maybe. Um, and I remember all of that. I remember friends from here visited me. Um, I remember, like, changing hospitals. I remember, I don't know, It's just it's all such a blur now looking back at it. It's like, that was another life really. Oh, it's such a huge Mm.
0: abrupt transition. It's like almost not psychosis but you know, like it's something that's so rapidly, it's such a rapid shift for your nervous system to adapt like I can't even imagine that level of trauma and shock on your whole anatomy. When were the kind of steps where you had moments to reflect and moments to go, right, what am I going to do now kind of thing? Because there'd be moments I imagine of absolute
1: what's the point? maybe yeah there was a lot of what's the point moments but Hmm. then I just I don't know I just something in me knew that I was going to get better and I just died maybe I did not realise how serious it was Hmm. so I definitely in the beginning because I was talking all kinds of rubbish like pretending that uh, yeah I'm fine no I just went upstairs I had meetings upstairs I'm like selling pyjamas throughout the whole hotel and I was getting mad that like no you might never be walking again you're not you're Dan this is serious and I'm like no no, I'm fine I'm fine and I, and I, I don't know defence mechanism or whatever it is but yeah. I maybe I just didn't I don't know what it is but I never felt the extremeness of it you know I did, and then I just felt like I needed to get on with doing stuff because I've always worked for myself and um, you know I didn't, never had like I like got great support from my family and friends but they were, there's no one really to turn to if you like need to pay bills and keep living you know what I mm, mean mm. so I just felt like I had to get back at doing stuff so I was planning all these kinds of things I like, even when I got back even in the hospital in Paris I had diaries and diaries of books I was going to write and hotels I wanted to open and <laughs> like I had big plans mm. and it was just like dude you should just recover and get better so I mm. got back to Australia I was still thinking that I was going to be doing all this work I was like talking about writing a book about Subi and then other life stuff um, and then I was writing resumes for jobs overseas like all kinds of stuff that everyone was like just get better mm.
0: um,
1: and I'm like yeah I'm getting better but and not until the day that I surfed and then I realized that I did have work to do, but I could get better and then I kind of put it all on, on hold after that mm. and that was when I stopped thinking so much that I needed to rush into doing work they just like concentrate on the body, mm. and then I was working again by Christmas, so that was a few <laughs> months. <laughs> but in the big scheme of life, and what happened to me, it wasn't really like a whole heap of time. Yeah. But I did have a few months concentrating on just the body and the mind. But you're doing that still. That's a continual. Yeah, it, it is yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So but that- I've been working a lot now. I've been really busy, but I take time out for myself and for my spirit and mm. for my exercise as well. Mm. So, yeah, it's definitely changed things about how I look at things but still mm. back busy at work mm. but um, so I'm in a different type of
0: busy now. Mm. We also look for like the reason and meaning I guess and purpose of it. Do you do that or do you not really yeah, explore no, I, that kind of stuff? No,
1: I did for sure. I've seen a lot of different people like healers and psychics and psychologists and psychiatrists and mm. I... Yeah, I've come I've come to peace with why it all happened. Like, it definitely needed to happen because I was living a life that was no consequences. Like, I've had a pretty blessed life. Um, works came, uh, monies came. Like, mm-hmm. I, all of it's come and go, by the way. It's not like I've lived a rich life, but, mm-hmm. like, worked hard as a kid, made a bunch of money, mm-hmm. fell in love, married the girl of my dreams. Like, she even, like, that even went, you know, it comes and goes. But mm-hmm. life goes on and I'm happy for it. Um, and I just figured life would just keep circling like it did. Um, mm. but this time around, it wasn't going to come back without working at something. Mm. Um, and then I needed to realize this was needed to be a bit of a wake up call for me to realize what's important in life, not to, to take things for granted and not, not things just don't work out always for everyone, you know? Mm. Um, I think I just needed to have a little bit of a slap in the face, like to wake up, dude. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm like, there's a lot to it, like a lot too much to talk about right now. But (laughs) I'm, it was definitely happened for a reason, and I'm at peace with the reason for it. Mm. Yeah, good.
0: That's really good because that's the that's the biggest thing to move forward, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Find the reason or the purpose or what the learning is, I guess, because there's learning in everything. I suppose it's like you were in creation mode constantly, but, like, the maintenance was kind of short-lived, I guess. Now you're in a state where the maintenance needs to be, on your body particularly, needs to be, like, more consistent, to look after yourself and, like, cherish your anatomy. (laughs) I suppose it must make you really feel thankful for your body.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's one thing. No, there's a lot that I didn't take seriously enough, but I had no regard for my body. I was... (laughs) lucky that it, like I've like i been quite healthy and done really well at sports and I've never really been sick mm. like my body I never thought about how precious your body is until you're in a wheelchair and you can't walk and you're taking your son bowling and you can't bowl a bowling ball and it hits the side of your wheelchair and falls on the floor it's like really humbling <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it's yeah it's crazy I never would have thought I'd be in this position and then when I was, I was like, okay, that's like, that's part of the lessons that I need to learn as well, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. You, when you don't have the use of a body that you did have before, I'm sure it's mm. hard for everyone who is in the position when they can't use parts of their body or use their body at all. It would be awful. Mm. It is awful. But mm. I was just lucky that mine worked fine before and I didn't really care too much for it. Um, and now, I'm lucky that it works again. Mm. But I've worked this time at making it
0: work again. Mm, mm. Can you talk us through the process where you go in your inner world when you go through those moments of, like maybe the bowling ball, ball situation, or like when when you have a real moment of holy fuck, things are different for me now, or I've got a big new challenge, or like is there grief, is there sadness, or like is it a sense of loss, or is it a sense of immediately a holy fuck, I've got something to overcome.
1: I don't exactly know how my mind works it's really strong I don't even know anyone that is has got a mind as strong as mine because I should I don't know it's it's like I can step out of myself and not feel sorry for myself or feel the pity and just like just know that it's going to get better and I my mind can work at one year's time from now with work and things like this. Like as things are going to be happening and things are gonna be great, so it's cool. But then I will have moments like when I was thinking at my dad's house, I was we'd go shopping at Woolworths, um and I'd be in the wheelchair and then we'd be like I'd be wheeling along just like just in you know, kind of I guess autopilot mode in the wheelchair and then I'd go past and see my reflection, and I'd be like, Fuck, who's that's me in the wheelchair? I was like, Oh my god, you're in a wheelchair down and I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> Um, and I had heaps of moments even just recently I was in New York um, and traffic everywhere so I got out of the car and I was crutching up the street fast like and I'm pretty good on the crutches these days. <laughs> I'm speeding past and I'm thinking, I was like, wow, you're so good on the crutches. And it feels, the crutches are really fun. They're like two legs in the air and just swing, swing along. So I'm going past all these people. Faster myself, than everyone else. Fast, so much faster than everyone else going past in the cars. And I looked in the mirror, like in the window of one of the shops and I was like, fuck, it. fuck I am flying on the crutches. And I was like, no, that's you, dude. And I was like, wow, that's me on the crutches. Wow. See, I just, I, yeah, I am... Um, I've had, like, little moments I've got to feel sorry for myself, but there's so much worse shit in the world. Like, you know, like, I was walking again. I'm in a wheelchair. If I was in a wheelchair for life, that's bad. But my life has been fantastic before. I've got family that love me all around me, great friends. And if I'm in a wheelchair, that's sad, but there's plenty worse for other people. And I just, just can't feel sad about it. I had a psychologist that... um So I was seeing a lot of people, Mm. I had 10 different people I was seeing at one stage. Psychiatrist, neuropsychiatrist, psychologist, relationship counsellor, chakra healer, clairvoyant, Wow. um, kinesiologist, Uh, there was, so there's 10, right? And I said to all of them, I said, I can't afford to work with you guys forever, Um, both in time and in money. Um, but until my foot, I had one of my feet was worse than the other one. They cut all the skin off one of my feet and that had to heal for a couple of months. Yeah. So, um, I said, until my foot's better, I'm going to give you all of you an equal chance and then we'll like choose what goes on. And my psychologist was like, what are you Donald Trump? Is this the fucking (laughs) whatever show it is? I don't watch TV. So I'm do like, what are you even talking about? Um, what's called the apprentice? Yeah. 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 And I said, I don't know she told me what it was. And I said, yeah, I guess like that. Um, so, anyway, they're all in a sliding scale in my head. Who's going to be my right one? And everyone said my psychologist was the most important. She was the most expensive and she had the fancy offers in the city. And we'd be talking, like, I'd see her each week. But um, she wasn't the most important one. Right. Who was? My psychic. She's not, I guess, yeah, she's a psychic. Yeah. Um, but she's like a life coach. She just offers, like, what might happen. Doesn't tell you the, what, the future or anything. But tells you things that you that you go how the fuck do you know but maybe it's just obvious i don't know how it works but she just can tell me what's up and i feel it and then she can help me coach through things and Mm. i really believe in her she's incredible she's my number one wow kinesiologist was awesome shakrila was awesome all of the things on the spirit tip were all awesome (laughs) um but yeah i am
0: because it's the spirit that drives you, isn't it? Like yep. it's like the once you get your inner world, your spirit aligned, it manifests outwards. You do yeah. the work outwards, and if that's the strong mind that you probably got to, talking about. It's no wonder you're drawn to that stuff because you got a strong mind, so a strong spirit. Yeah. Oh,
1: you- she. So yeah, she'd be like, "You, you're not taking this spirit. Like you're not grieving." On this accent, you don't grieve. You just collide over problems. Like I'm like, dude, I fucking grieve. Like I cry every day about my wife. I cry. Um, I, you know, my best friend died a couple of years ago, and I grieved for months. I was the saddest I've ever been. Like I fucking grieve. I know how to be sad, but I'm not sad right now because where I'm at. Because you don't have work at the moment. I'm like, I don't want to work at the moment. I want to fix my body. And she's like, and this happened, and this happened, and you might, you know, you're you're never gonna be the same with your walking. I'm like. Who fucking she cares? Like I'm Italian. alive, <laughs> and I'm happy with where I'm at, and I'm not going to sit in a room and feel sorry for myself for weeks and weeks. Like, if that's grieving, like I'm sad all the time about things, but don't tell me how I'm supposed to deal with it. But mm. apparently, I glide over problems too easy and whatever. But mm. I, my feeling was like I read a lot. I don't really watch television, but I became more aware. So one thing that I learned um is empathy mm. no I read a book a couple of books on it I didn't even know what it meant I didn't even know the like there was a word I had sympathy for everyone I would feel sorry for people all the time that they didn't have a life that was as good as mine mm. but and I felt sorry for you know all like things that happened to um to people to people in the world that, yeah. yeah like all of the like so many awful things go on in the world, but that, that was sympathy. But then I could never understand or feel what it would be like for other people. I still can't. No one can feel what it's going to be like for other people, what they go through. We don't have an mm. idea of how awful it can be for some people, but mm. I just didn't feel it. And once I started feeling it and I started realizing that my situation's great, maybe my body's sore still now, but like mm. things are fantastic. Um, Mm. And I can't be sad about what's going on with me when there's people going through much, much worse. Um, Mm. And that is the main thing that helped me not be sad about things. I have had some sad, really sad days, but after everything that I went through, like there ain't been enough. There ain't been the sadness I don't think that everyone was expecting me to have.
0: Is there any part of you that feels like you were not allowing it to all wash through you, the sadness, or you you feel like... I
1: got told by the psychologist, but I don't, I don't know. I don't feel so, no. I just don't, I could never get to that poor me feeling. Mm. I just felt I don't deserve to be doing the poor me. I just, Mm. also, I don't like the poor me people. I've got people that I know, friends and whatever is it, like I just don't like complainers Mm. because there's so much worse stuff that goes on with other people Mm. and when I just start hearing people bitching and whining about their problems and how busy they are and how tired they are because of this and that it's like shut up Mm. Um, and then I've kind of was like that before and then I didn't want to become one of those so I don't feel I deserve to be whining and then and that makes you not whine and then you just kind of get on with it um Mm. Mm. I so I meditated for about five years before the accident and then maybe about when I got married around about the time I was telling everyone I was meditating because I was diligently for a couple of years Mm. and then I just wasn't maybe once a week maybe a couple times a week and it would be a month and I wouldn't have meditated but I'm like yeah I meditate every day and then I'm like hang on do you really? (laughs) Um, I was a bit like that so then I thought that's what I need to be doing again but I couldn't meditate there was so many thoughts like heaps of thoughts Um, And so, I listened to a couple of tapes, meditation tapes. My friend's got an app um, and there's heaps of guided meditations on it. Yeah. And so, I listened to a couple and that was so easy to be in like that state and clear mind and not think about anything else. And then, but with all these beautiful little stories and things that would be, make me really happy. So, I did that a lot. Mm. I'd listen to like sometimes all day, I'd listen to meditation tapes, like that one they like most of them are about ten minutes long. So some days I would listen to them for. I looked at my app. I listened to maybe thirty six of them. <laughs> this is more meditation tapes that's than six, friends. <laughs> thirty six. That's six hours worth of meditation tapes. Wow! But things hey, like what's that. The, what's the app that people might? Oh, it's want to called do. Insight Timer. Great. Yeah. 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 I um, use that. And great. there's a lady on there called Sarah Blondin. Mm. She's Canadian um, and she's my best friend. I haven't met her yet. Because so <laughs> you my, spent so much time listening to it. So much. She's saved my life. She really has. She's the one, she's nearly solely responsible for bringing me out of any of my dark places. She's incredible. Wow. So, my son plays video games and he's got these friends that he like virtual friends that he plays video games with, and I'm sometimes like, well, "Who are you talking to?" And he goes, "Oh, my friend." Blah blah. blah. And I'm like, "I don't know this kid." And he goes, "Yeah, he's from Canada." I'm like, "When since when have you had a Canadian friend?" And he goes, "Oh, he's on my PlayStation friend." So he has all these virtual friends. So Sarah Blondin is my virtual friend. I feel like she's my great friend. So I tell people like, "Oh yeah, she's my friend." And people like, "Oh, they just think that she is, but I don't even actually know about." <laughs> oh man, I want to get you down in front of her internet and- friend. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was that was my key. If I if there was any like me giving advice for anything, you no, know, or like, mm. you want to know how I got out of hard times. Mm. Anytime it would get stressful, I'd put this tape on it and she would just chill me out. 10 minutes, it would just like, t- totally make me happy. And then some, I'd be like, maybe she's got like 15 different tapes and they're transforming fear, um, learning to surrender, mm. discovering your intrinsic self, um, mm. exploring the wilderness of discomfort, all kinds of things and they're mm. all great little stories and I just, would just I'd really like listen to every word and I'd be just engulfed in this story and then I'd come out on the other side and I'd be like hey cool what are we doing now so um when I was pre-accident Dan so when I I died officially so I mm. can call my old life old life and this is my new life and that's how I refer to since things since you actually died that's yeah <sighs> clinically dead for 10 minutes apparently that's bonkers I know no, right um and I didn't get to see any light 'Cause I can't remember anything. Yeah. I'm but hoping DMT I'm going would have been flooded in your body. I know. I'm hoping I'm gonna get there one day. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'm here now. So that's the main thing. Anyway, I um I used to tease I didn't I was real always really nice, but I was just like a what's it, not a smart ass. I don't know. i w I've always been a great person. But also A bit a rascal. Yeah, but I also could take the piss out on someone and just be like, no cares, you know? Yeah. So all these models would get this this two shell pass as a tattoo and I'd be like oh, oh wow you got this two shell pass wow and I'd be making jokes about it all the time um it was my one thing that one thing I loved to tease was that with this two shell pass tattoo um and then in the hospital I was desperately d- desperately depressed a few times um and someone said it to me and I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then I, I, then it, this did pass. And so I was like, wow, this too shall pass. So then I, I would think about it. And then I'd be like, okay, it's sad. It's heavy now, but it's too shall pass. And I'd be like, "This kind of makes sense. This is not a cliche of a saying it's a real thing. That's why it's, I think that's why it's a saying or mm. whatever. Mm. Um, so that became a kind of like silent motto to myself. Mm. And, and it really is true. So I would listen to this. Mm. Sarah blonda, my virtual friend my best friend <laughs> and I would just think this this too shall pass and it, things like I've had plenty of shit times so I can't pretend that I've been like yeah it's all good things are worse for other people but I've been happy the whole time which has not, not been like that it's been awfully sad but mm. to put things in perspective sometimes I'd be like okay this is going to pass and it always did and then the next day is a new day and then like you're just happy to be alive mm-hmm. you know and then as bad as things get as they get really bad if you just go hey you know what just chill this will pass and then once it's passed then you wake up it's another sunny day and then life goes on mm-hmm. so i was in hawaii recently i was so i've got a plenty of tattoos like a lot of tattoos i used to get them all the time and my last tattoo was when my friend adrian passed um i got one for him on my arm a bunch of us got it and um, that kind of was I was feeling that was going to be my last tattoo maybe because it was for him and also because I just was done with tattoos and thought maybe I just don't need any more tattoos so that was five years ago um, and then I saw a tattoo shop and I was like you know what I should do is get this too shall pass just as, just to get it to like be a reminder to me don't be a dickhead and don't tease people because you might end up like them because you're the person that you used to tease and you should get it you deserve to get it to, to like say sorry to everyone that you teased and That's great. Also, to never say never because I was never getting a tattoo. And then also to remind me that this too shall pass. So, it was my triple threat reminder to myself. What Don't tease people the- because you might become one of them. Never say never and this too shall pass. So, there you go. That's like the probably the most meaningful tattoo I've ever heard. Yeah. And then, uh, and then that opened up the... Now, now, I am allowed to get tattoos again. So... after my accident and realizing who your friends are Mm. and realizing who sticks by you and who doesn't you know Mm. it was a good test not that I did it for a test not that I did anything I don't even know what happened but it's it's a test right so Mm. I don't know why it came about but I all of a sudden just desperately wanted to get dream on my forehead and I was like I'm doing it um and More about to like... Straight up on my forehead. Yeah, so I drew right. it. It looks great. Went to the shop. And then I thought, you know what? This is a good test because I'll... And my dad said, mate, you don't want to see what the reaction you'll get when people... When you've got a face tat. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, if people don't like me with a face tat, then don't want to know them. And then I thought that one person that would give a fuck or if he did is my son. Because I don't know if a 12-year-old boy with his dad rocking around with a face tat in Sydney is the right thing to do so I didn't do it for him hmm. Um, he's the only reason I didn't but hmm. that was my neck. I was like I'm getting tattoos I'm going to get a face tat but I I, anyway I'm not getting my dream
0: tat <laughs> have you had any reactions from anyone that has had that tattoo that you've previously teased
1: not that I've teased but I was in a meeting just recently for my fashion and um the girl that was in the meeting she goes oh my god we have got matching tattoos and I'm like what she goes this too shall pass and I was like oh wow this is great and I told her the story and she goes okay like is this funny like am i one of the ones that you would have teased? and i was like you are totally the one that i would have teased but i don't anymore and she's like okay is this good or bad and i'm like i don't know what it's good i'm i'm it's great i think
0: (laughs) Um, that's such a funny conversation yeah fuck i think and then it just ended a bit like awkward
1: yeah because i was like oh yeah we do yeah great but then i told the story and she's like oh, okay cool so i'm one of those girls that you teased so and i and then i felt a little bit bad about it. but anyway <laughs> it was cute in the end
0: It's so funny man and so you said before you started recording that
1: you you're sober so when did that come about in your life like i couldn't drink in the office hospital mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. and then i i was pretty broken and pretty sick on oh, not like not six, not the word, but yeah, whatever you call you, mm. having a busted body, mm. but not well. Mm. Um, so I was work, try, working really hard at getting better, and then when I did the surf time, I was like, Dan, you're going to get better. You could do anything you can to fix your body. Um, and then I just was really serious about my eating and really serious about my exercise. And yeah, because just pre that, things like things just happened. Everything worked out, and I just didn't try. I tried it a lot of things. I tried really hard. I worked hard at a lot of things, but things seem to happen. And it, maybe I just thought my body would just happen. But I thought, no, you got to work at this, and you got to like pay some attention. Does it, your body deserves you helping it out? You know. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe I won't drink now. So I make a rosé. Um, a rosé was going to be arriving in Australia in about December, um, and I so I put that as my benchmark. I was like, when my rosé gets here, I'm going to be back on it. I couldn't wait. Um, so couple of moments in the wintertime in Australia, the doctor said, oh, it would be nice with you sit with the old man, have a glass of red wine. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to have that yet. I'm going to wait till summertime. And then summertime came, um, had, I just didn't really feel like drinking it. And then one night I was talking with a guy that I was helping with his salad shop in Sydney. I designed the shop for a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking about my old work and Subi and things I'd done. And I said, oh, I also make a rose. And he said, oh, great. Love to try it. And I said, oh, I've got it in the car, actually. I don't drink, but... I was like, fuck, you know what? i got no rules and um, I'm going <laughs> to drink soon, so let's have a bottle. So <laughs> I had a bottle, had another bottle. And then my Soberdan is great. Like So like pre-not-soberdan was great also, but Soberdan can stay up really late and it's got great ideas and like full of energy and I don't go to bed before midnight, maybe one or two o'clock in the morning. These are my like regular bedtime. Mm-hmm. And I wake up early and feel fantastic, right? So I was drunk and my stories weren't getting any funnier. They nothing was bad but I just was just slow and just they just like eh, you know what I mean um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it was 10:30 night and I didn't feel like catching up with any friends or anything I just went to bed yeah. I woke in the morning I was like that was shit I said, what did it even do to you I was like you weren't even good <laughs> and I thought that's how I functioned I thought every day I would be every day at lunchtime I would be like wow when can we start drinking the rosé this is going to be a great day <laughs> um and yeah I was like fuck maybe that's just old life and mm. maybe you don't need it this life so then so then I didn't have it anymore drinks for that was December till February then we did some launches for the rose and I got poured a couple of glasses and for for, we had like four lunches in a row and every day I'd get poured a glass and I'd look at it and I'd be like okay you know what that's gonna do to me and you're feeling great right now and you're really funny and everyone like conversation ain't a problem and maybe you're just gonna want to drink more of it and you're just not gonna be any funnier and you're gonna get tired not today and then I didn't and then I didn't again and didn't again and then it's turned into, it's been a year and a half and now I have no desire. Like, wow. no rules, by the way, so like, we could have a celebration ring after this and <laughs> you get to see like, old Dan. <coughs> sleepy Dan. Yeah, but I think, sadly, sleep, like, old Dan is just sleepy Dan. I don't know. I am... Um, Doesn't serve you anymore by the sounds of it. You're like, yeah, just like, I just, I'd never gave my, a chance to be sober before. Like, I had, like went away to places <laughs> like India and like had some retreat type things and they like had a few times off but never really paid attention. I just was waiting to like doing it to have a break because I thought my body needed it but I was doing it to couldn't wait to start again. So I didn't wasn't really paying attention of how good I was feeling on in the in between. Um, and now it's gone. It's been so long that and I just feel great and everything's working out for me like times ten on what it was before and maybe this is how I'm supposed to function. Maybe this is how I'm supposed to be and I just didn't realize it before. Mm. Things were good but I was always trying to figure out, I was trying to explain this to someone the other day. I was a week late for a deadline, a day late for a meeting, no, a week late for an email, day late for a meeting, an hour late for a plane, a minute late for a text message. I don't know whatever it was it was like that was everything was late and I was stressed out all the time about being on time and too much work too much work um, never could meet a deadline Like promising all of these things that I could just never deliver on them because I couldn't fit them all in but now I can promise on all these things and I can fit them all in because I ain't a problem Yeah, and that's because yeah. I like doing a lot of different things like I don't think that I'm particularly great at anything but I think I'm really good at a lot of things mm. Um, and that's just how I like to work. And, um, and in the working that way, you need to be able to juggle a lot of things and like deliver a lot of things on different timelines, but also it has to be sometimes at the same time. Um, and being hung over and drunk and tired, you just let moments slip. Like I can't afford to let a minute slip by and being sober, you don't. And you see like people that do well like people that do really well most of them are sober yes meditate and don't drink it's it's like it's not like a giant secret to the world Mm, it's mm, like mm. anyone that's doing really good like unless you're super creative and you're having a moment yes cool but if you're like constantly working hard and being great at being a baller Mm. you're pretty much going to be sober so I'm like you know what I think I've figured that out now Mm. and I'm happy to be it so yeah I don't know I uh, Mm. who knows one day but if, right now, don't really feel like it. That's it's, all. Yeah, it's great.
0: It's good to just listen to the body, isn't it? That's one yeah. thing I think we, we get better at as you get older. Is just like, what's my body want to do? It doesn't feel like it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So, if you, if you could go back to the psychic stuff, if you could
1: try to break it down as to what it is for us to understand. First insight. So, she... I met her um, in an office in Sydney. I was on crutches with a boot on my foot. Looked like I was pretty skinny and looking like not the healthiest version of me, but... Hmm you couldn't have told at all what I'd been through right Mm. um and she was like anyway there's like too much to talk about yeah the whole journey but yeah basically she sat me down and held my hand and we'd like talked a little bit of stuff and she goes wow okay um welcome to your new life and I was like what do you mean um and then she goes this is really like a new beginning for you it really is and I was like okay and she goes oh god I'm sorry have you physically died and I was like what the fuck and I was like uh silent now and she goes yeah you have you have oh my god it's awful I'm so sorry and how it happened to you this is awful it's like you've been hit with a sledgehammer and I was like no I broke my foot what are you talking about and she goes no come on you've been hit with a sledgehammer or it's like you've been hit with a truck your body's gone through hell and I was like don't know what you're talking about. And she goes, no, but, you know, <laughs> why this are is- you
0: playing it cool? Like, don't uh, know what you're about. I was weird. Just a bit right? skeptical. I've yeah. never seen, I've yeah. never
1: seen a psychic before. Yeah. And, um, and she goes, but you know, this is meant, <laughs> this had, was meant to happen to you. And unfortunately, like the universe has been trying to wake you up for the last 10 years and nothing could wake you up. You've had a few friends die around you lately, haven't you? And I was like, uh, maybe crying by now. And I'm like, maybe. Wow. And she goes, and yeah, you a few, like you've had a few close calls yourself. Um, and none of it would even wake you up. Like nothing was going to wake you out of your your dream life because you were having a hell of a time, and <laughs> like you were going to have a great life for it. It was going to be fun forever, but it would have been a life with not much purpose. Um, and but you're here for a proper reason, and this the reason why you're alive in this vessel, in this body, why you have been kept alive in this body because you were, you were dead and you're supposed to be dead is because you're here to do something proper. And your life's going to be great. Um, it's I'm sorry that you had to go through the lesson but it was the only way you would wake up and she goes come on and i was crying but then she's like come on give me a hug welcome to your new life and i was like oh my god and then she went on to and it just went on for an hour of just like telling me stuff like like Amazing. so much stuff and anyway now she doesn't hit me with the future stuff so much but <laughs> she just checks up on things like how's this going on and i'm like how do you even know about that like she calls me out of the blue and be like, "I'm just thinking of you. What's happening right now?" And it's, not, it's something is happening at that time, and I'm like, "Wow." Anyway, Fuck, we man, just man! I want to see her. I'll give you a number. Yes, her yes
0: please. <laughs> She's a beautiful lady.
1: Her name is Jean Claire.
0: Man, she lives um, Tweed Heads. I'm particularly interested in her, her reflections and how that's kind of changed your daily living and the fact that she says you're here to do something proper. What did that re- How did that resonate with you? And what does that mean to you now?
1: Oh, uh, it's really scary, and it gives you a whole. Um, sense of responsibility yeah. I just am here to help people um, I've always helped people but I'm here really to be here for people if they need help and not be living for myself the whole time mm. and I was never living for myself the whole time but um, I've got a lot more time for other people and mm. don't know what exactly it is but I think it's just to be a good person and help when help is needed you know mm. not like Going out of my way to be doing, you know, like, devote my life to saving the world. But mm. anybody that needs a hand, um, I'm here for them. So mm. when I did my Instagram story that you, uh, you saw me, mm. um, I didn't talk to anyone for a year or no press or anything. The Press in Australia is just bullshit and awful. They mm. can, um, and so I was. Lots of people wanted to do a story a year later, but I thought maybe it's better to tell it in my own words. And that's the only channel that I knew because I hate Instagram anyway. Mm. I never look at it, but that was like my way to get it out, you know? So that was yeah. the reason why it went on that. Mm. Um, and it w- served its purpose. But um, from doing that, I've had so many people reach out, like so many people in their own, having their own struggles, like two people that um, have broken their back and are not walking again through accidents. Um, a couple of people that have had their own depression problem. Like I've, and then I'm talking with all of them all the time. And hmm. I feel like I'm helping. I've got, yeah, there's like 10 people that I talk to regularly. um, And that's nice to do. So cool. Yeah. Man. It's cool.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah. Now that's the purpose. Like, fuck. Yeah, it's a little bit of the purpose. Like, I think a, there's more to it. But oh, that's mate, the beginning is, of it. But I feel <laughs> like when things like that happen, I'm like, okay, maybe this is part of it. Yeah. And so I'm, yeah, it makes me feel good.
0: You're obviously a powerful vessel. Like, you as a human being are powerful as fuck in terms of creating and making people feel amazing like with your work with your with your music with your with your fashion like it you, it's you're obviously given a shit ton with your work but this seems like a new evolution of that like you'll continue to you're kind of integrating it seems if i'm just interpreting yeah, yeah. Um, like a golden thread or something of purpose or because that, that's what you're doing next, isn't it? With, with your next line of fashion, it's with the Indigenous.
1: Oh, so I'm helping um, with a charity called AIM. Yeah. It's a, have you heard of it before? No. It's an it's so Australian Indigenous Mentoring Experience. It stands for originally, or that's what it stands for. But um, yeah. it's a mentoring program to help disadvantaged kids, uh, help them get through high school and on to university or further education. Awesome. So it's volunteer mentors from universities um, lend their hand to kids in high school and they mentor them throughout their high school career. Um. It started 14 years ago um, by a kid named Jack Manning Bancroft. Um, I went to talk with him about maybe us doing some stuff together and be on their aim TV. They do an, like an inspirational little TV clip they do before each of their programs, mm. um, and then we just got talking and um, meeting went to another meeting, and I was like, "What can I do to help, dude?" Like he was—he's the most impressive human being that I've nearly that I've ever met, for <laughs> real. Mm-hmm. Um, How so? Uh, his energy is great, he speaks mm. so well, he's just, and he's doing things, he's just doing it for the kids. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's awesome. But anyway, I was like, what can I do to help? And he said, what can you do in your time? Like, I, There's a lot of things you could do to help with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm working on my own fashion, it's called For Your Consideration. Um, which is um, because everything in the world is for your consideration, right? So mm. you're for my consideration and this interview is for my consideration. <laughs> um, but it's... Consideration. it's uh, Small collections or considerations of clothing, um, just three to six pieces big per consideration, revolved around <laughs> consideration. <laughs> for so right. um, says- But then it's also a news piece. It's like a news channel, so it's a daily Instagram story, oh. maybe a YouTube channel. I'm not sure about the YouTube yet, but I think it's just an Instagram story and Instagram TV. Yeah. So it's a one minute clip on for your con- today for your consideration, like so. For example, the example that I have been, I have to have an example. for it. I've been having a lot of meetings about for your consideration. <laughs> um, so one example, it's an easy one to say, is for your consideration. Today, the white rhino just died. So it happened the other day. Um, for your consideration, today is the white rhino, and then it talks about the journey of the rhino and then how it happened, and talks about the poaching and talks about the environment. Um, if you want to read more about it, then go here, here, and here, and give them like reliable sources to read the, like some real facts. And then go here, 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 and here if you want to donate time or money, so this doesn't happen to many animals again. um, So it's so it's daily news that is just shaking the bubble of the everyday news that you get from um, the big news players. Um, It's not trendy news like Vice or Buzzfeed. It's Mm -hmm. like it's got heart, but it also it's music and culture and art and like it's funny and. Um awesome. Yeah, so every day it's just to give someone something for your consideration, just to spark us. It's like I guess what I would like it to be is like a little seedling, a daily seedling in your mind to make you think about something else rather than what you'd be fed because everything is fed to you these days. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the way that the internet works is like everyone is just looking at the same shit. So this is trying to like just break out of that bubble. Um, and then we release the clothes as well, but it's more it's like a news channel slash clothing label like something new Dude, I'm feeling like it's new
0: I'm feeling that that's yeah, fucking sick I'm excited for it so I it's um, kind of like conscious content like yeah, content that yeah, helps totally. people and
1: informs them and, and then today's for consideration is this t-shirt which is our t-shirt you know right mm. so yeah I'm excited so I'm doing that um, but also yeah working with AIM which is super exciting uh, mm. makes me feel so good and the kids <laughs> are awesome they're like all of them um, they're really good friends of mine now um came and visited me here in LA and um I spend yeah all my spare time with them in Sydney um they're just the best kids and uh-huh. it's really great um so they're launching aims launching in America next year oh right um 200 kids from colleges all across the states are flying um back to Australia to learn the mentoring program right. so they're calling it the world's first festival of mentoring so they've got 200 kids from colleges all across the states that somehow have got into college through adversity or struggle and they're the <coughs> lead mentors um, and then the, Richard Branson gave them an airplane um, he's <laughs> flying out them the 200 mentors and another 100 people in the plane storytellers and artists they're going to finish close the festival the music concert yeah. so they're doing the world's first first festival of mentoring and then they come back here and they enable 100 kids underneath them to mentor um, so there'll be 20,000 kids in the states mentored next year Wow. Um, so I'm helping them with their apparel because they are all about the hoodie. So they sell hoodies with kids in the program in Australia at the moment. But next year, they're going to be getting kids from every college. They'll choose one artwork from each of the colleges across America. So there'll be 200 different colleges. So 200 artworks, so that's 200 different hoodies in one go. It's a lot of Fun. hoodies. So Fun. anyway, before they have the kids in the program next year, um, they're getting... We're getting a lot of our artist friends to donate their art, um, and I'm just helping them with yeah. a lot of things. But mostly, just helping them with the on the apparel side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's exciting. And then, what? Why are we talking about fashion anyway? Or just the purpose? embedded in your work with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My work, it. the fashion yeah. purpose. Yeah, that's I guess yeah. for your consideration. There's purpose to it. I don't just didn't want to make clothes anymore. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to make clothes anymore. But I'm love designing clothes and people need to wear good clothes mm. and there's not, there's a great labels and stuff out there but I felt, I don't feel bad about making clothes if you're making it for a reason, you know? Mm. I just didn't want to make stuff to... Meaningless yeah, shit. Yeah, meaningless shit because that did not excite me but <laughs> now it excites me because I love making clothes and fashion's awesome and I'm good at it mm. and I feel like I should be doing it but now mm. I've got a reason to do it, you know? Mm. So, it's exciting. Mm. Mm. And for your consideration, when's that launch? End of the year, great. Like, I think we might launch the news in September, October. Cool, man. Mm. We are using recycled fabrics at the moment. Um, really good ethical factories. Um, mm. Won't all be recycled fabric, but we're kind of on that tip. Mm. As mm. nice as it's good as it can be for the planet. Great. We're releasing each consideration around the culturally. Relevant but completely irrelevant calendar, I like to call it, <laughs> which is like Coachella, Burning Man, Mykonos, summertime, La like Fashion Week. You know, <laughs> because all of these things they're culturally relevant, but then completely irrelevant. <laughs> so right, so Loved but that. they all were there for a reason in the beginning. They're they're all there for a reason now. I can't yeah. talk shit on these things because I'm totally involved in all of them. You know yeah, what yeah, mean? Yeah, I'd yeah. be like, it's not. That's what I'm not trying to do. No,
0: but I know you. They're
1: all they're all great, and unfortunately, they all all about influences these days and influence is my least Content favorite forms. word of 2007 16, 17 and 18 um, I just don't get it I just don't think it's right and I'm not a fan and, can you tell me can
0: you break that down for a moment sorry I'm,
1: I don't know if I'm Nah. No. Hi, okay, anyway, this is like a, a no one wanted to be about influencers, but yeah, I would yeah. love it to be about Coachella because there is a reason why Coachella is great, is because it's a great music festival and it's in a beautiful location and great bands play there, but it's not all about Instagram photos. So we're going to part like I'm going to get ambassadors from each culturally relevant but completely irrelevant event. Yeah. Which will be an ambassador so for Coachella for example, it's two musicians that are bands that have played or are playing or just music people that are there for music. Mm. Not there because they got a lot of followers on the Instagram. <laughs> um, Fashion week, it will be a model with a voice or a magazine with a voice. You know, like mm-hmm. people in it for, for a reason. reason. You know, <laughs> Burning Man, there's plenty of people at Burning Man for a reason because of, it's, Burning Man's fucking awesome. <laughs> um all these places were awesome before Instagram was invented, so I want mm. to bring it back to show that, show that part of it. Awesome. So there's, it's like, so the essence of it, bringing it back to the essence. Yeah. Or so the, it's still like, can't say that I'm all holy and pure, now that <laughs> I've had some chance to look back on what is important in life, because I'm still promoting a clothing brand around yeah. all of these events. So yeah, I'm Well,
0: integration important, right? Yeah, like, I'm not like trying to say that at all, but I mean that's where the point of relevancy as well is like being is playing in the playground. Yeah, right. Like well, you know, can you just go be in the mountains for the rest of your life? The whole purpose of play and the point of where you can bring life with your new state of awareness and wanting to help people is in the world. <laughs> so you got to be of the world.
1: Yeah, it's the canvas. Yeah, and that's a fucking cool. And it's fun flip to be involved in these things. Are awesome as well. All of them are great. And mm. just because, well, I was nearly on the verge of like hating on these things because I just didn't want to be around that the Instagram part of it but then then I'm like hang on these things are awesome just like chill people they're all free like if you like being on Instagram then that's cool I can't hate on that either you know what I mean like I'm not one to say that you can't do any of that stuff and let's all just have fun like I'll go and have fun without it and you go and have fun with it and we can all have fun together that's what it's about it's just all inclusive not being too cool that you go I'm not getting involved in that because that's just like that's not what it used to be Yeah, that was so much better before but it's not about that it's yeah. just about enjoying
0: yeah. it it's kind of just witnessing in it it's yeah. like to me I, my opinion on it is as well it's just mean and less frivolous lacking in substance and so there's no spirit or like real the
1: reason for being is just purely aesthetic I guess or, yeah it seems like that but it's not really and as yeah. you gotta like take a step back and go hang on it's still awesome just yeah. like yeah. you gotta yeah no I think it's all of it's fun anyway, yeah it's just it's gonna be fun
0: <laughs> it's funny how you go through but it's like anyone on their own journey goes through own epiphanies of like oh yeah I feel like that about it now but then you're right I think the next evolution is always like I just witness it enjoy it for what it is and yeah. like it's it's as soon as we bring boundaries up and go exclusivity, it's kind of where we alienate ourselves more yeah fuck I can't wait for seeing what you do next and the music stuff is consistent yeah music's
1: great yeah so I've been DJing a lot over here Um, I love DJing I never DJed sober ever I would never remember the last song I played I'd probably never leave a club with the USB key but now yeah. I am—I um, have a great time I didn't think I would but DJing's just still awesome fun
0: Are you putting frequencies in there that awaken the chakras within people? Mm, we talked <laughs> about it the other day actually
1: <laughs> As the undertone of
0: the <laughs> People just have kundalini experiences Yeah right
1: Not yet <laughs>
0: um, We talked about it the other day I love that Thanks, man. No worries. Fucking honor your journey and appreciate Thank everything you. that you shared.
1: Lovely to share it. Much love. Uh, yep. Yeah. Mwah.